Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Come on, if you love Jesus, just give him an ovation of praise. Can you do that? Come on, just forget you got any sense for a minute and just say, Jesus, we love you. Come on. Yes, Lord. Lord, we've come tonight to magnify you. We've come tonight to glorify you, Jesus. Come on, there's nobody like Jesus. I wish somebody who didn't forget too long ago that he redeemed you and he saved you and he restored you. Come on. Father, we we love you. And we've come tonight to magnify you and to glorify you tonight, Jesus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Father, we worship you tonight. And we thank you, Jesus, that you brought us here tonight to experience you, God, in a new way. Father, I thank you tonight that you ordered this night. It's a date with destiny. People are going to be changed tonight in your presence, God. And we're thankful for that. Lord, I pray you'd have your way. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Come on, one more time. You love Jesus. Why don't you give an ovation tonight? Can you do that? Yeah. Well, high five your neighbor. You can be seated. Man, it is so good to be at Covenant Life Center tonight. Or for for us, we call it home. It is so good to be home tonight, and uh, just want to give honor where honor's due. First of all, want to how many believe you got the best pastors in the world? Amen. And uh, anyway, we love Pastor Bobby and Pastor Don a whole whole bunch, and uh, I would say we are where we are today because of God, and then number two, we're we're where we are today because of Pastor Bobby and Pastor Don. And uh, we honor them tonight and just want to say how much we love them and appreciate them. And I'm just glad to be here. I'm looking around, seeing some people I love, and I'm seeing some teenagers that were in our youth ministry who are up here loving Jesus and singing. Richard, man, I didn't know you had it in you, man. Come on. That's awesome. Yeah. Seeing some of these guys right here on the front row loving Jesus. Man, I tell you what, there's no greater feeling when you go back to a a field where you have had an opportunity to sow into and see the harvest growing in such a way. It's amazing. Yeah, we ought to give Jesus a hand clap of praise. That's amazing. And so anyway, so so proud of you and uh, proud of Caleb. And uh, man, you just got it, man. Amazing, man. You can feel the anointing. Are you thankful for Caleb tonight, man? He's doing a great job. Matt on the keys, man. Come on. He makes everybody sound good. Come on, Jesus, man. Well, are you ready for a word tonight? All right, let's get into the word of the Lord tonight. I'm going to talk a little bit about what's going on in our world, but you know what? I, I'm kind of like the UPS man. I got a package. It's got to be delivered, and I got to get this thing off my truck. Is that okay? Can I get it off the truck? I got to get this thing off the truck. I'd love to tell you about what I'm doing, and I'll, I'll tell you, but none of that really is, none of that's going to change your life, okay? What's going to change your life is what I'm about to tell you, okay? And so I, I, can, I can do that. God's going to do that tonight. So let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 3. Verse 4, and I'd like to talk to you from a thought tonight entitled Fixer Upper. Everybody say Fixer Upper. How many of you love that show? Raise your hand. How many of you seen that show? I can't think of a, 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 a couple 
of a, group, a husband and wife that has done more for the uh, living uh, or uh, dwell, I say dwelling, that's kind of old school, that's like back in the day, so that's not cool, but anyway, I can't think of a, a couple that has had more of an impact on, uh, on the modern day uh, building scene than Chip and Joanna Gaines. To me, I think they're amazing people, amen? And so anyway, being a, a lover of their show and just liking them as people, um, the Lord gave me some revelation on uh, uh, through their show uh, in our lives, and I'm going to share that with you tonight. Let's look at the book of Hebrews tonight, chapter 3, verse 4. It says, For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of of everything. I came tonight to tell somebody that God wants to build something in you. <laughs> our theme at our church, our church is called Church of the Hills, and we live out in the hill country. We live in a town of 800 people, okay? I think I'm the only one in the whole region that has a hard part or still likes to wear Jordans. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I'm kidding. We like to wear Jordan. But we live out in what some would say is the middle of nowhere. And what's amazing about that is God has used our team and Diana and I to flip a region upside down for the glory of God. It's been amazing to see what God has done. Amazing to see what God has done. But we have been, uh, we have been in a series in, entitled Fixer Upper, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to bring this to covenant tonight. And so I want to talk to you about that. Uh, I, I believe that one of the coolest things about Chip and Joanne, and I just want to lay this out, but I love how they, uh, they can go in and they'll take an old house and uh, they can, they'll take this old house, maybe I think their, their slogan is that they take uh, the, uh, the worst house in the best neighborhood and they, they flip it or they turn it around or they transform it. Here's what I found out. Anybody can go in, and you want to talk about flipping something, Pastor Bobby's the best flipper I know. Can I get an amen for that? Man, honestly, he when I was here on staff, he I'll never forget, he bought me my first set of tools. I didn't even have no tools when I moved here. And I was a maintenance mechanic when I got married. Nobody believes that, but I really was. And that wasn't because I had experience. That, because, that was because I knew somebody. Anybody ever got, got into a place because you knew somebody, Right? Thankfully, they don't let you do that if you're a doctor, right? You, I mean, you got to go to school if you're going to be a doctor. You can't know somebody. But you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, for me, I got that job because I knew somebody. I think they felt sorry for me, but it was a great opportunity. But, man, I, I, they, would, they would put these carts in front of me, and it'd take me, like, all day to put these carts together because I'm terrible uh, with tools. I mean, I'm terrible with tools. I mean, absolutely. I'm a great cleaner-upper. Hey, listen, I've cleaned this church a bunch, okay? But you want me to build, don't, listen, I can build people, I can help build a church, but I can't, I'm not a good builder. And so you know what? Our theme at our church this year is build strong. That's what God gave me uh, in uh, October, or maybe, yeah, I was right in the middle of October, God told me the theme for this year is build strong, and that's our whole, that's whole, our whole passion. We're building strong marriages, we're building strong families, we're building strong departments, we're building strong communities, we're building strong, that's our theme. So I'm all about this building thing, and I'm the world's worst builder. And so when God calls you to do something that you're not very good in, he likes it that way because if you're not good at it, it reflects on how good he is. So he'll take somebody that's not real good at something, right, and then, and then he know, everybody else knows you ain't good at it either, and so if something good comes out of it, it's only because of him, and then he gets the glory. So he kind of likes it that way. 
But what I love about Chip and Joanna is, is that it's, anybody can remove a floor. Anybody can paint a wall. I believe what makes Chip and Joanna so awesome is, is that they can look beyond the current condition of the home and see not only the potential, but they can see what could be. And I, what I realized in living for God for a few years now is that God has the ability to look beyond my current condition. Are you in the room with me? And he can see what could be what nobody else can see. So, so God says, everybody else says, throw it away. That's too much. And they've been with too many people. And they got too much mess. And it's, it's too junked up. And they, their past is too long. If you've forgotten, God specializes. I mean, think about the woman at the well who came in. Come on, somebody. She snuck in but ran out. Come on. Because she had a past and she didn't want people to know. But when she encountered Jesus Christ, he saw beyond her current condition. And he knew what she could be and what she would be. So she snuck in to the well. But she ran out after she experienced Jesus and said, come and see about this man that I've met who tells me everything I know. So what you got to settle in your heart tonight is, God isn't looking for a superstar. God's not looking for a celebrity. God's not looking for someone who's got it all together. Matter of fact, he's looking for someone who says, I just need to be fixed. I just need to be turned around. I just need somebody to take some time with me. Come on, some of the best saints I ever pastored were people who needed a little bit extra time, need a little bit extra patience. Come on, somebody. I came to preach a little bit tonight. I'm sorry. Hebrews said, for every house is built by somebody, but everything. Look at your neighbor say everything. God is the builder of everything. I love that God has the ability. On that show, you know it. People drive up and they're like, uh, it's not that one, is it? You know, you've seen that on the show. They're like, uh, surely not. And, you know, Joanna's going through there and she's like, yeah, but I could see this and I could see this and I could see that. And they're like, uh. I don't know, Joanna. I mean, you're really good, but I don't know if you're that good. The world says, surely they're not going to use him. Surely they're not going to put them in charge of something. Surely they're not going to use them to lead worship. Surely they're not going to use them to be a department. Surely they're not going to use them to be the president of a, of a community or a bank. Or Surely that, that not them. I mean, come on, you know, you know how we do. We, we kind of talk a little bit. Uh, well, well, I don't know. I mean, does he know? Does pastor know what they've been doing? I'm a pastor, so I can say that, but come on, right? Surely they're not going to. He's, he's not. No, surely he's not. I mean, do they know what they've been? I mean, come on. And God's saying, oh, yeah, baby, you got it right. They got a past, but I specialize in making all things new. I specialize in turning it around. Hey, Listen. God has the ability to look beyond what you're in right now. He has the ability to look at beyond your mistake, beyond your failures, beyond where you missed it. See, God can do that. He's confident in not only being able to see beyond, but he's confident in his ability to be able to fix you. The problem is we don't want to act like we're fixer-upper. We don't want to recognize that we need help. But the reality is, is we're all jacked up. We're all broken. We're all messed up. We're all, we're all sinners in need of a Savior. And sometimes we, we had some areas that got remodeled, and so we feel a little bit more confident. Instead of saying, you know what, I remember, girl, what it was like going through what you went through. I want you to know I'm here for you. 
Girl, I know what it was like to feel. I know what it was like, man, to go through what you, I know what it was like to lose my job. I know what it was like. So, so listen, I got you, man. The sooner we can realize that we're all fixer-uppers, the sooner we can realize that we're all in need of a Savior. So let's break down this process, if you will. Can I, and I don't want to give too much glory to Chip and Joanna. They're great, but I'm here to give glory to God. But I want to walk you through this process just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So here's what I love is, is that we can't remodel a house. You can't remodel it until what? Until it's purchased, right? I mean, if I had this house and it was on the market, right, and I was just talking to the people about getting the house, if I went over there and just took my hammer and I took my saw and I just started cutting stuff down, right, and took my paint over there, the realtor would be like, what are you doing right now? This, I mean, what, are you crazy? Here's what I, here's what I realized. Until I'm the homeowner, I can't go in and remodel the house. Here's what I found out in Scripture. Look at this. Check it out. You're going to love this. You're going to love it. Philippians chapter 2. Actually, let's go to, um, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. This is what it says. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. This is the NIV. Here it is. You were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. Uh-oh. You know where I'm going yet? Oh, it's about to get really good up in here. Listen, here's what happened. You cannot remodel a home until it's been purchased. Here's what you got to understand. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, everything ain't fixed right then and there. You might have some things that change, but to get the remodel and the restoration, you had to be bought with a price. So he bought you so he could restore you. Are you in the room with me tonight? In other words, he bought you with his blood so that he could restore you and redeem you and fix you and heal you. Oh, come on, somebody. He went to the cross because you needed him. He went to the cross because he loves you. You're a fixer-upper. You might as well just settle it in your heart. He's working on you. He's molding you. You're in the middle of the process right now. And God says, I am restoring you, redeeming you. I am healing you. I'm going through room by room by room. And I'm healing and I'm fixing. Just give me some time. God said, just give me a minute. Don't you come over here worrying about how it's going. Just give me some time. Let the master builder do what he does best. Let him heal and let him restore and let him redeem. And when you come over here, he's going to reveal to your family and your friends and your community and your co-workers a brand new you because you are a fixer-upper in the process of being restored. So number one, the home has to be purchased. He purchased you so he could restore you. See, often we think that when we come down to the altar and we give our life to Jesus Christ, all of a sudden everything's changed. All of a sudden, everything's, it's all different. You're not going to cuss anymore. You're not going to want to get drunk anymore. You're not going to get wild anymore. Come on, somebody. So, so often we see people get saved and then we expect them to have the relationship with God that we have 15 years into the relationship with God when they just got saved. So here's what happens is, is we're, some of us are further along in our renovation process, but baby, the crew ain't left. There's, he's still working on you. <laughs> he's still fixing you. And this is where I really have a passion for people, because so often we feel like we've got to clean the fish and then catch it. No, you catch the fish and then you clean it. And so what you got to do is be patient with yourself. 
Stop beating yourself up. Stop saying the enemy's going to come into you. He's going to lie and say, well, you don't pray like they pray. And you don't, you're not faithful like they're faithful. You're not giving like they Listen to me. You be patient in the process. And you just tell everybody when they ask you what's going on in your world, say, he's still working on me. He's still working in my house. He's still working. He's still healing me. Why did you lose your cool? Listen, he's still working on me. I own it. I'm sorry. I missed it. I shouldn't have talked to you like that. But I'm just telling you, forgive me because he's still working on me. I'm still in construction. I'm, I'm still making progress. I'm still, I'm, listen, I, if you would have known me 10 years ago, you wouldn't be asking me no questions. Because I might not be who I want to be, but I'm sure enough not who I used to be. You say, Pastor Drew, my mind, listen, it's not where I want to be. Yeah, but your mind, sure enough, was way out there before Jesus got a hold of you. And now he's working on you. Well, yeah, but I want to do this. and I want, Yes, I understand you want to do that, and God gave you that desire. But at the end of the day, you need to just not just settle for less, but you need, to be, uh, you need to be secure in understanding that he is developing you, he is molding you, he is shaping you, he is working on you. The key factor for the enemy that he loves to do to believers is he loves to do the comparison game. And so we come in and we compare ourselves to everybody else and I compare myself to their, their job and what they drive and what they have and all of a sudden the enemy just starts working on us and says, well, I'm not there. And so what we do is we end up giving up because we're not where everybody else is. What I found out is, is if you just surrender to God and say, God, I just, if you, if you can use me, God, if I got to start in the parking lot, God, I'll work in the parking lot. God, wherever it is you want me, Lord Jesus, I don't need to be in the front of the stage, I don't have to be getting the glory. I just want to be on the team. I just want to serve. One thing we, that Diane and I picked up from Covenant Life Center, and this is, I believe, still true to this day, is that everybody has a place to, to belong or to serve. There's a place to serve for everybody, no matter your walk of life, no matter what you're dealing with. And that's something that we believe in our church. There is a spot for everybody. Because you know what I found out? is people are in the process of renovation. So, you can't, you can't work on the house till you've been bought. If you haven't been bought yet tonight, Jesus already bought you. He just, maybe he hadn't signed the paperwork. You're going to sign that tonight. And you're going to give your life to Jesus. And you're going to belong to him. And once, he, once you belong to him, then he can start the renovation. See, what happens is, is we come down and want to give our life to Jesus, but when we get into the real world, we really don't want to let it go. We really don't want to let him have his way. We really don't want to let him work. You can work on this room. You can work on that room, but you ain't working on this room. I don't want to meddle. I, I should be careful here. but Right? You can have the room of my family. You can have the room of my kids, but you can't have my finances. That belongs to me. That's mine. I work for it. I'm a hardworking person. That finances, you can't be in that room. Just leave that room. You ever had company over? You let them in a few rooms, but you didn't let them in the whole house? Or is that just me? Let me tell you, my wife, sometimes she just wants to kill me because I'll say, hey, babe, everybody's coming over in 20 minutes, and the house is like, looks like a bomb went off. Pastor Bobby's laughing because he knows that's true. You know how it is, though. We throw some stuff in this closet, throw some stuff in that closet, put some stuff over here. You know what I mean? It's like, dear God, don't open that closet. 
And that's what happens is we want God to work on this. We want God to work on the living room. Come work on the areas that everybody can see. But, but don't deal with me in that back area. Don't deal with me in that private area. Don't, don't deal with me in that area where I'm on the computer late at night. And nobody knows what I'm looking at. And my mind's getting messed up and the enemy's running rampant in my life. You can't have that, God. You can have everything else that everybody can see, but you can't get into these few areas. These, these are, you know, you can't go in there. And what you got to understand is you ain't hiding nothing from God. And here's the good news. God knows you. God sees you. And guess what? He still loves you. So there ain't nothing that you're in the back room hiding. You might can hide it from everybody, but you ain't hiding it from God. So if you're going to be a fixer-upper, you got to say you can have the whole house. You know what they do with the clients? They go in. They got big vision, so they buy the house. Let me walk you through this process that the Lord showed me. I'm trying to give you a whole series in one night, so bear with me. But they buy the house, then they go over and bring the clients in, and they show them what they're going to do. We know that God does the same thing in Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, and they're good plans. So the same way Chip and Joanna go through the plans with the clients and showing them this is what's going to be here, and this is how this is going to work, and this is what this is going to look like, and they're getting all excited. Well, guess what? He, they tell them that, and then they send them back for like a month or two months or however long, and then they work on it. And if I understand it correctly, they can't be over there until the house is finished. But what the clients have to do is they have to submit to the process. And here's what they got to do. They got to trust that Chip and Joanna will do what they showed them in the plans that they would do. God told you what he would do. Now you need to trust him in the process. In other words, God made you a promise. Hang on to the promise. God told you he'd do this. He's going to do it. God said he'd be faithful. Let him be faithful and submit to the process. Kind of jumping ahead of myself, better be careful. Tonight it ought to be a good word for you because if you're wondering why I got this, this is my little boy Noah made this for me. It's got a D on I don't know if it's for dad or Drew, but I'll take it either way. But, but he made that for me. He's so excited I was going to use it tonight. Here's the good news. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says this. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his what? Good purpose. So what happens is we try to fix things. Heavens knows I ain't no builder. So if I I was going to work on somebody's house, you sure wouldn't want me working on your house. I painted some of the rooms in here. I think you can probably tell if you get up close enough. I was looking in that bathroom in there and on the corner of that table, uh, it's, it's rubbed off a little bit. And I thought, man, I know where that guy rubbed off. That was on a Sunday night in youth service. I knew I left a mark on this place. Here's the good news. You don't have to fix it. Matter of fact, when you're weak, he is strong. So the good news is you don't have to fix it. Let him fix it. You don't have to do the work. Let him do the work. You don't have to restore it. He's going to restore it. You don't have to work out the problem. He's going to work out the problem. You don't have to fix the relationship. He's going to fix the relationship. And he might ask you through obedience to do some things, but if God don't tell you to move, then don't move. Just trust him and then move when he says move. But I'm telling you, the ultimate person who's going to fix what's going on in your life and in your home and in your temple is going to be the master builder, and that's God. So 
So the home has to be purchased. Then the vision is cast. Hebrews says this in Hebrews 13, verse 20. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, listen, will equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. It's just a reminder that it's God that is working in you. He is working. Have I made that clear? He's working. He's building. In the first week of this series, and this is my main, my home run for tonight. I call it demo day. If you watch the show, you know what I'm talking about. They buy the house, they show the plans, and then Chip loves it because then it's his turn. And he takes his huge sledgehammer and he goes in and he starts ripping down things, pulling out cabinets. This is what tonight's all about for you. This is what tonight's all about for you. Are you ready? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. This is the NIV. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. God put a little word in there to make my series work. Did you see that? Demolish. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. He's working with me. Here's, here's, the, here's the, main, the main deal that we're going to deal with for about ten more minutes or so. And we're going to let God work is this. Based on my experience watching the show, Chip and Joanna come in, and I, I, I talk about them because it's easy for you to get the understanding. You've watched the show, you know what I'm talking about. And aren't you thankful that God can take something out there in the world and he can teach us something in that? I mean, if you look at the scripture, that's how parables were. And for me, this is really what God's showing me through the show, through Christian people, about how this process works in our life. So they buy the house, they show the clients, and then once they show the clients, then that while they're showing the clients, they're showing them the pictures, but here's what I realize is, is that normally Joanna will go in and she'll look at the layout of the house. There's a great revelation, just watch. She'll go through the layout of the house and she'll show them some walls in the house that need to come down. So she'll say, we're going to take this wall out and we're going to take this wall out. We're going to put the kitchen right here and we're going to take this wall out and here's what I figured out. She wants to take, at least based on me watching the show, she wants to take the walls and, and, and take those down so that the flow of the house is better than it was before. And here's what the Lord showed me. He said, Drew, there's some walls in your life that need to come down so that I can flow through you better than what I've been flowing through you. In other words, God's working on the flow in your life. And so therefore, since he's working on the flow, there's some things in your life that have hindered the flow of God in your life. There's some walls that have hindered the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life. There's some walls in your life that have put a cap on who and what you could be. There's some walls that are hindering the flow of God in your life. So I've come to declare tonight that there's some walls that are going to come down. Today is officially demo day. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So the first wall that's going to come down in your, in your life tonight or in your house or in your temple is the wall of fear. The wall of fear is coming down in your life tonight. Somebody say it's going down. It's going down. Somebody say fear. 
The fear of failure, the fear of great loss, and the fear of disappointment. Second Timothy said it like this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. That sounds like a better flow to me, doesn't it, you? Fear's hindering this. God says, I don't want that to stop you anymore. I got big steps I need you to take. I got big faith I need you to believe for. I got mountains that I want to remove in your life. I got walls that are hindering. I wish somebody heard me tonight. There are things that are keeping you from being who God has called you to be. And you didn't even realize it. You didn't realize it that this was hindering you and hindering the flow of God in your life. Hindering the anointing of the Holy Spirit that wants to flow in your life. There has been a traffic jam in your spirit. But God says, tonight I'm going to break that wall down. You say, Drew, how am I going to break it down? He's going to break it down by the power of the Holy Spirit. Every wall that hindered you from being the mom, he called you to be. Every wall that hindered you from being the dad, he called you to be. Every wall that hindered you from being the person that he called you to be. See, God called you and the enemy wants to destroy you. But you got to stay locked in on who God is, who the master builder is, who created you, who called you, and who has a plan for you. The enemy's plan is to destroy you, but God's plan is to restore you and to redeem you and to use you for his glory. I wish somebody would get a hold of I'm preaching myself. Praise the Lord, Brother Brassfield. I guess what I've realized in my own life, there were some things that were hindering me that I didn't even realize. Where are you going? Don't leave me, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, you good, man. Me fired up in here. That was a good addition. That was a a good addition. Here's what I found out. In my life, I went through some tough things as a young man. 12 years old, lost my mom. Very traumatic experience. And I realized as as I was growing and I began to lead and I began to walk through life with people, there were some things in my life that were hindering me from the best that God had for me. There were some things in my life that were hindering me from walking in that anointing that God had called me to walk in, and it was some walls that were hindering the flow of God in my life. You say, Drew, it's a cute little message. Where'd you get it? I got it through some pain. I got it through some experience. I got it through some some difficult situations. Come on, somebody. The best messages I ever preached were birthed through some painful moments in my life. So tonight, there's some people under the sound of my voice that I've sent tonight that says the wall of fear has got to fall tonight. I don't know what your fear is. I don't know what. I'm not just talking about fear of spiders and fear of snakes. I'm talking about some fears that are hindering you from walking in God's best for you. See, you think your life's pretty good right now, but you hadn't seen anything yet. When these walls fall down and these things that have held you back, when you begin to walk in freedom. If you've ever been in a room where they open up the walls, all of a sudden it feels breathy. There's room. There's space. Oh, I'm about to preach for a minute. What happens is, is whenever I have walls in my life, it contains what God wants to do, right? So God's in this box, not that he created, but I created myself or experiences or things that have happened in my life, right? So it's either I'm small-minded and God wants to do big things, but I'm staying in a small mentality, so I stay small, and everything I do is pretty good small on a small level, but I'm afraid because of the walls they hinder me back because of some steps I've taken that hindered, that I failed at, right? So we think that failure is a person. It's not. It's just an experience. It's not a play. Listen, he said he, he, 
You walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't say stay there, camp out there, live there. Some of you have been hanging out in the valley of the shadow of death. You've been hanging out in a dark place. you got some walls up in your life. God said, I come in tonight. I sent a 31-year-old young man tonight with a word for you that says, I want to tear down some walls. You've been, there's some th- you've been wanting change in your life. You've been wanting to be free from some things. But you, you're not willing to let the walls come down. But God says, if you just surrender the walls, if you'll surrender this house, if you'll surrender your life and your body and your mind and your spirit if you just let me have my way I'll put you in a shape and in a place and in an area you never dreamed of I'll give you a job that nobody said you could ever get I'll restore your past I'll get it off your record I'll make you new I'll use you for my glory come on somebody I didn't drive three hours so that we could patty cake God I drove here tonight because you got to be free you got to be free I'm getting free don't make me I'll do the Jericho march up in here I'm just crazy like that. Because at some point, you get fed up with living the life you always lived. You get fed up with thinking that old stinking thinking. You get fed up with just doing everything the same way you've always done it. We cry out for a new thing, but God says, I can't do a new thing until you give me access to what you're dealing with. So God says, if you'll back up, I'll do the work. I'll clean up the mess. I'll fix it, and then I'll put you in places you never dreamed of. My God. Only you know what's hindering you. Only you know what's holding you back. Only you know what's keeping you from being who God's called you to be. For me, I I put the first one on deck right out of the gate. Fear. Because I battled with fear. When you go through a traumatic experience, losing your mom at 12, you think all of a sudden you just have this fear of great loss. Go to bed one night, she's there. Wake up the next morning, she's not there. Never again, never talked to. I'm 12 years old. I'm a little boy. The devil's mad. If it falls off, don't even worry about it. God will fix it and replace it. (laughs) That's just who he is. But you go through a traumatic experience and you create walls, right? I don't know what it is. Maybe you were hurt in a relationship, so you create walls. You were hurt in your past, so you create walls. You didn't even, some of us create walls, and we didn't even mean to create walls. We thought we were doing, listen, this is a word for you. Some, of us thought you. some of you thought you were putting up walls to protect you, which actually ended up hindering you. So what happens is you didn't want to be hurt again, so you were doing self-preservation when God says, that's not what I intended for you. I'm, you learned some things through that hurt. You learned some things through that pain, and I'm going to make you a better spouse and a better husband and a better whatever it is. I'm going I'm to use it for my glory. The enemy's looking for all kinds of reasons to disqualify you, keep you off the team, because he knows if you get on the team, you'll buy into the vision. If you buy into the vision, then you'll do the work of the kingdom, and that's what God created you to do in the first place. So the enemy can always keep you on the fringe and always keep you outside looking in because you're not good enough, because you messed up too much, because you're too jacked up. I'm going to tell you tonight, that's a lie of the enemy, and God wants you on the team doing the work of the kingdom of the Lord. So that wall of fear has got to go. Everybody say, got to go. Number two, the wall of the past. The wall of the past. That's, I heard the Lord say that to me. I changed this a little bit, quite a bit actually, uh, for tonight because I felt like there were some key walls that needed to come down tonight. The walls of the past. The walls of the past. Some of you stuck in yesterday. The old saying, don't let today take up too much of tomorrow. 
or the old saying, and, and tonight that's you. Some of you got your past has always, always hindered you. It's always held you back. You always felt like you just missed it or you messed it up or God couldn't use somebody like you. But I'm here tonight to tell you God specializes in using the unlikely of unlikelies. So Isaiah said it like this just to remind us. He said, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Somebody say now. That wall's coming down tonight. See, the spring can't come forth when the wall or the dam is put in place. So if you want to use whatever analogy you want to use, but tonight there's some things that are stopping the flow of God and the Holy Spirit in your life. You didn't even know it what you could be. You don't even know it. People have been telling you your whole life, you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And you're going, God's going to use you for this. And you said yes and you said amen and you agreed with it. But then when it comes time for the walls to come down, we're reluctant because we feel like walls are protection. And God says, it's not protecting you. It's hindering you from what I want to do with you. See, I'm doing a new thing and now it springs up. Do, not per- do you not perceive it? Some of you today, you were having this very conversation with God. Lord, there's some things in my life that need to change. You were driving in your car. There's somebody in this room today. You were driving in your car, sitting at your house. I can just see it in my spirit. But you were, you were having this conversation. God, there's some things in my life that need to change. And that was code for tonight. There needs to be some walls that come down in my life. So the wall of fear, we're battling it. I don't know what you're afraid of. I don't know what you're, I don't know if you're afraid of getting close to people. You've been hurt at church, so now you're in this church and you don't want to get involved in this church because you got hurt at the last church. You need to let that go. Let God take care of that and them and, and teach them and heal them while He's teaching and healing you. And you need to jump in head first, get back in the game, get back on the team, and let God use the gifts that He placed in you, not to be on the shelf, but to be out doing His work. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? Some of you have been feeling a shift. Some of you have been feeling like something was about to change. Some of you felt like something was going on. You thought it might have been a new location. God says, I ain't taking you to a new location. I'm taking you to a new level. Because every time you want to go to a new location, all you're really doing is outrunning the new level. And God says, I want to take you to a new level in your current location. Oh, man, that's for somebody. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I am making a way. Somebody say a way in the wilderness. Does that sound like tearing walls down to you? And streams in the wasteland. Isaiah, the prophet. Isaiah. At some point, we've got to stop prophesying and we've got to start living it. In other words, at some point, the word's got to come to fulfillment. And it's sometimes, oh, I feel the Lord. Listen, sometimes we think God's word is not coming to pass in our life. But here's the reality. God's word is ready right now to come to pass in your life. It's you that's stopping the word of God coming to pass in your life. Hope this is okay. Sometimes we get a word. I've got it. God, I got a word. I got a word. This is what you're going to do with me. And God's ready to do it. God's willing. We see that in in the New Testament about the the miracles that God's done. And he says, do you want it? In other words, do you want to be healed? So God's asking you, are you ready to go to the next level? And you're like, yeah, I want to go to the next level. And God's like, okay, if you want to go to the next level, here's what you got to do to go to the next level. 
If you want my flow in your life like you really say you want it, then some of this stuff's got to come down. you got to let go of some things. you got to tear some old things down. you got to get rid of some old mindsets and some old ideas and some pain. It's not that God's word has not come to pass. It is that there are some things that are hindering God's word from coming to pass in your life. And God says, I want to do this with you. You say, God, why am I in this season right now? And God says, listen, I'm ready to pull you out of this season, but I'm not going to pull you out of this season until you give me total control. So there's this war going on with the enemy and with you. Fighting for control of your life. Fighting for ownership. God wants permission. He's not going to come in and tear your house apart unless you let him. He's not going to come in and restore and, and do all the stuff that he wants to do if you don't let him. Yes, he bought you, but he needs to have ownership of you. The work's already been done. The price has already been paid. Right, I can go right now and tell Diana, listen, right now there is a, uh, uh, gosh, I don't even know what she wants, but just something. Let's just say that there is a brand new car waiting right now at the dealership, and it's already been paid for. Her responsibility is to go and what? Pick it up. Oh, are you hearing me? So God, through His Son Jesus Christ, purchased your life, purchased you. But now you got to allow Him to take ownership of your life. you got to hand over the keys. you got to hand it over and say, God, you can have it. And what happens so often is God gets a little bit of work done, and then we take it back. And then God gets a little bit more work done, and then we take it back. God's not looking for a 50-50 partnership. He's looking for to have all control. He wants your whole life. He wants the whole thing. He wants everything, all of it. He wants it all. And that's what the fight's for. That's what the wrestling for. But finally, after, after a long enough time, after a while, we come to understand, God, listen, I can't do this on my own. I, I've got to bring in the professionals. You ever tried to remodel something yourself? You ever tried to work on your own car? Thought you were changing the, you know, the spark plugs and you were doing a new water pump, didn't even realize it or whatever? And finally, you messed it up so bad, you're like, listen, i got to get some professionals in here. i got to put this thing in the shop. Because you've been trying to fix it all the while knowing that you didn't have the capacity or the understanding or the things that God wants to fix it. Let him fix it. We love the DYI, don't we? Those do-it-yourself projects, don't we? They're cute. They're good. But you're, you might can do that with a... Uh, oh, man. Can, can I preach for a minute, man? I just I feel like I'm plugged into something and God's just downloading it. You, you, can, you could do some things with the cabinets, and you could paint some things, but you probably don't want to go in and do the foundation yourself. You probably don't want to do some things to structurally yourself, right? I mean, it might be cute to paint the wall in the bathroom, and that was a DIY project, and you can put it on Facebook and Instagram, and everybody thinks you're so cool, and then they want to have you over to the house, and, you know, they want you to show them how you did that project, and how you got the paint color on it. You can play with the, with the cabinets, and you can play with the floor, maybe. But God says the work that's got to be done in your life is major. It's big. It matters. It affects everything. Let me do the work. 
You might do a little bit here and you might could read some books that increase here. And I love reading and education. And I want you to do all that. But what I'm saying is the kind of work that's got to be done in you and in me can only be done by the master builder. It can only be done by God. It can only be done by the one who created you. And here's why. Because he knows where the weak places are. He knows where the defected areas are. He knows what needs to be healed. He knows what to do. Tonight, the wall's got to come down. Drew, what are you trying to tell me? I'm saying this. I came here tonight to tell you this. God has something big for you. God has something incredible for you. But you can experience it now, or you can experience it in 10 or 20 years, however long you're willing to keep the walls up. I came tonight to tell you there's some walls in my life and in your life that's hindering the things of God. And God says tonight, you can experience what I have for you now if you'll, if you'll let the walls come down. Or you can further the process. You can further, you can push it farther away because you don't want to come, we don't want to come to grips with what's really going on in our life. I'm closing. I have, you got fear? That's one. Two is you got the past. Those are two things I've dealt with, for sure. This third one's a little tricky, because I don't know much about it. But tonight I feel like there's some people in the room there are some walls of unforgiveness in your life. You're angry, you're frustrated, maybe even a little bitter. Someone did you wrong, they hurt you. Something happened and you were hurt. So you put up this wall said, I mean, if there was a stove in here and there was a toddler who walked in and he put his hand on the stove and it was on and he got burnt, the next time he walks into the room, he's probably walking in like this. Bad stove. Bad stove. I wish I could promise you that nobody would ever hurt you. I wish I could promise you that nobody would ever disappoint you. I wish I could promise you that everything in life will always be. But Caleb said it right when he said, life is not fair, but God is always faithful. We feel like that when pastors tell us to forgive, it means that we have to condone what's been done to us. And that's not true. You forgiving them is not really so much about them. It's about you. They've moved on with their life. They're going on. They're fine. They're not the one that's still stuck in a prison called unforgiveness. Some of you, it's not just been a wall that you've had. Some of you have been literally locked down like a prison. Maybe it's for fear, the past, or this unforgiveness piece. I felt that strong on the way here, that unforgiveness piece. Some of you just, it's holding you back. I mean, it's hindering you. 
You say, well, you don't know what they did to me. I don't, but God does. God can handle it. God can fix it. God can restore it. You forgiving them doesn't mean you're going to be best friends with them. Doesn't mean you, you ever have to really talk to them again. Forgiving them comes from understanding that He first forgave you. Say, so Drew, what are you trying to tell me tonight? What are you trying to accomplish in this room? This is what I'm trying to accomplish. First, for you to understand that we're all a work in progress being fixed up by the master builder. But if you really want the flow of God in your life like you, like you pray and you want it, you really want to be used by God like you've never imagined, you really are ready to go to that next level, there are some walls that have to come down in this place tonight. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, you say, Drew, I got some walls. They got to come down. I'm a fixer-upper. I used to walk into places and I would see signs and they'd be doing a renovation process and it'd be all messy and it would just say, excuse the mess. I thought, okay, whatever. Then I would walk into places that were doing a renovation and they had a sign that said, excuse the progress. I like mess over progress. The world would call you a mess. God would say, I'm preparing a message. You're in this room tonight and you say, Drew, here's the deal. I got walls. They need to come down. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just let's, let's get real and honest with God. Will you raise your hand right now? I've got some walls that need to come down. Will you raise your hand? Hands all over this building. Come on, now lift the other one. Lift the other one right where you are. Right where you are. Come on. Call them walls. Call them chains. Whatever you want to call them, it's coming down tonight. Some of the walls may not even be your fault. They're coming down. The pain, the frustration, the enemy, some of you in this room, the enemy has beat you up over your past. Over mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.